Off USA Today's number one baseball podcast. I'm Ted Berg, joined on the line by my colleague Bob Nightingale. Bob, how's it going? Yeah, doing great. Thanks, Ted. Uh, where Where are you speaking from today? Uh, I left Minneapolis. I'm in St. Louis, uh, St. Louis today, and uh, be catching up with the Tigers and Orioles later on in the week. Nice. Those are all teams uh, I would like to talk about, uh, especially the Cardinals, because they're in the midst of one of the more interesting races, but. Uh, let's start with, with, you know, it's, it's September as we speak. It's, uh, I believe the, uh, 6th of September. I always have to check, but, uh, you know, the, the, I'd say four of six divisions looked like they're more or less settled in terms of pennant races. Uh, the Indians have a pretty big lead over the Tigers. The Rangers have a huge lead over the Astros in the AL West. The Cubs are gonna clinch the NL Central probably sometime next week. And the Washington, uh, the Washington Nationals have probably an, an insurmountable lead over the Mets in the NL East. So there are two divisional races that have some intrigue to them, and one of them is out west with the the Dodgers and the Giants, really the only two teams vying for the a- NL West pennant. And the Giants have been so good in the first half and have been so bad in the second half. Do you have any idea what's happening there? I mean, I, I, it seems like. It's a club that, you know, when they pitch, they don't hit. When they hit, they don't pitch. And, and everything has just kind of gone wrong. But I find it hard to believe they're really, you know, the worst team in the majors, which is how they've been playing in the second half here. Yeah, just looking at the uh, stats today, you know, running about the uh, San Francisco Giants as we speak. But, yeah, they had the best record uh, in all of baseball. It's the all-star break, 57-33. and 33. Now they're, you know, going to Tuesday night. They're 16-31, and 31, which is the worst record. Uh, they're sure not hitting at all. They've scored the second fewest runs since the All-Star break. The second fewest home runs. And this, you know, this road trip's been dreadful for them. They're hitting 099 on this road trip, Ted, with just a 166 on base percentage, a 174 slugging percentage. I mean, you're not going to win that way. I don't care uh, if you got uh, you know Koufax and Drysdale pitching for you. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Koufax and Drysdale, and, and while Madison Bumgarner and Johnny Cueto haven't been that, they've both been pretty good. Now, they've both fallen off a little bit in the second half. Neither of them has been as good as they were before the All-Star break. But you look at the offense, and, and it seems like something needs to change there, but there's not really a button, it seems like, is an obvious one for, for Bruce Bochy to push here. A lot of the guys who are struggling, at least in you know the, the last few days when they've been struggling so much, are the cornerstone guys for the Giants. You know, Brandon Belt has had a, a real rough second half after a great first half. I can't imagine they're going to sit him down anytime soon. Obviously, you're not sitting Buster Posey, you're not sitting Brandon Crawford, and you're, you know, you're not sitting Denard Spann or Angel Bagan or any of those guys. So is there is there a move here that they need to make, or do they need just to, you know, sort of cross their fingers and hope these guys pull it together? Yeah, they're kind of resting some guys now, you know, trying to get guys through this and uh, and just hope for the best. I mean, right now, you know, uh, you know, Belt, Crawford, and Posey are the three leading home run hitters. They've now gone 243 at bats without a home run. Uh, you know, need, need these guys to win. Uh, you know, they, they haven't been the same since they came back either from the DL. You know, talking about pants and panic. So they got to trust those guys will come alive at some point. Do you think that? You know, Bumgarner and Cueto are enough to carry that pitching set because there's some issues in the back of the rotation there, too. You know, Jeff Samarja hasn't really, you know, he lived up to that one good year. He had a couple of good years ago, uh, not really, you know, making 
good on his contract so far. He hasn't been awful. Uh, Matt Moore, the guy they brought in in the trade at the trade deadline, has not been great for them. You know, throwing uh, a lot of pitches and not a lot of innings. Not the worst results. You know, it's a it's an upgrade over you know how Jake Peavy and and Matt Cain had performed there, but not huge ones. Uh, it, it's starting to uh, you know it, it's starting to look like maybe there are too many holes on this Giants team. Yeah, they just can't seem to, uh, you know, get it together. Uh, yeah, I mean, their pitching has not been the same. You know, Baumgartner, Cueto, and Samarja have all dropped off. You know, one, one day Matt Moore is one batter away from throwing a no hitter against the Dodgers. The next, he's lasting two and two thirds innings against the Rockies. So they need to get some consistency. And time's run out. I mean, they're only a game and a half ahead of the Mets for that top wild card spot. And with the uh, Mets' a favorable schedule, the Cardinals being the Cardinals, you know, no guarantee they even get in the playoffs. And meanwhile, in that same division, now the Dodgers look like they're sort of finally pulling it together. They've won, I think, four of their last five. A few straight big wins. Of course, you know, they're against the Padres and the Diamondbacks, so they are they come with asterisks, I suppose. But uh, an offense that suddenly looks very deep. Uh, Yasiel Puig is back he, after a, a great turn in, in AAA. Uh, it's going to cost Josh Reddick some at-bats, but uh, Reddick has been bad. Uh, Andrew Tolles, a, a rookie they called up sort of out of nowhere, has been incredible for them. Uh, and, you know, Justin Turner's been hot basically since the All-Star break. Corey Seager's been great. And now, on top of everything else, it looks like the Dodgers are going to get Clayton Kershaw back by Friday. Yeah, and worse for the Giants is with the way the schedule's lined up, Kershaw pitches Friday, which lines them up also to face the Giants twice the last 10 days. So they don't have enough problems, you know, having to face the Dodgers, you know, six times in the uh, last uh, 10 days. They're facing Kershaw in, in, in two of them. Uh, Kershaw will also be lined up to, to pitch in the wild card game if the Giants uh, won this division. So they're, they really set themselves up well. And after using 15 starters a whole year, five rookie starters, that rotation is starting to come together. Well, and you mentioned the rookie starters. Now, we've seen Julio Urias a, a little bit, and he has looked good. He's been uh, clearly getting better over the course of his first season or first half season in the majors. They called up another guy last week in, in Jose De Leon, who just had outstanding AAA stats. I mean, he, he strikes out everybody and walks nobody, and, and it was the same in his start. He didn't have the best results. He allowed three earned runs, four runs, uh, allowed a homer, but you know, nine strikeouts and no walks in six innings, which is always a, a really good sign. Do the Dodgers have the type of faith in those young arms to ride with them, you know, both, you know, through September and then, if necessary, into the postseason? Like, could we see 19-year-old Julio Urias or 20, I think he may have turned 20 by now, but could we see that guy pitching a, a game three or a game four in a postseason series? You know, probably not, Ted, but you can see him certainly in the bullpen, particularly Urias. They want to, you know, kind of shut him down, protect the innings. They won't shut him down completely, but use him out of relief. But the way that things are, you know, lining up, you know, you can certainly have a, uh, you know, Kershaw on top with uh, Maeda, uh, you know, Rich Hill. Uh, you know, they got, they got some uh, choices here. So use the young kids to help them get to the pl- playoffs, but I don't think they'll need, need, you know, any of these guys to start. Maybe just pitch out of relief to be a dynamic bullpen. Yeah, and you know it's a bullpen that already includes Kenley Jansen, who's more or less, or at least one of the most dominant closers in baseball, probably the most dominant closer in the National League this year. And to, I don't know, to me at this point, you know, and all season it looked like those clubs would be neck and neck. 
Now it sort of looks like the Dodgers have a deeper team, and it seems like they're pulling away. Yeah, I mean, they've you know, picked up 12 games on them since the All-Star break. I mean, that's how uh, much better the Dodgers are playing than the Giants. So we'll see. I mean, the Giants do have some holes. Uh, you know, the game with the Tolls home run of uh, uh, Tolls Grand Slam of getting swept in Colorado. But that being said, a lot of confidence right now. Uh, everything seems to be going their way. And uh, so the schedule is favorable uh, to them as well. Now, uh, on the flip side of that race, I guess, uh, you know, both geographically and metaphorically, is the AL East, where there are three teams that have all been sort of trading places atop the division basically all season. And at this point, it seems like not one of them really is going to pull away from the pack. It's a, it's a bunch of teams that are playing okay, but not playing great. In, in the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and the Orioles. And then the Yankees still kind of hanging around, which is nuts because they, you know, they sold off all their, their biggest assets at the trade deadline, but not quite, you know, falling apart in, in terms of their record. Who do you like coming out of that division? Do you think that, you know, do you think they, that division produces three postseason teams, and, you know, with the wild cards? Do, do the Blue Jays have enough to pull ahead now? They've got a one game lead, or do or the Red Sox or Orioles fight their way back? You know, I still like the Red Sox to win this division. <clears throat> you know, I like them at the beginning of spring training, and I, li- I like them now. That being said, they have a very tough schedule. I mean, on paper, Toronto <clears throat> excuse me, Toronto should be win this division. And Baltimore, they ha- you know, it doesn't make sense for them to be around with that pitching staff. But I think it all comes down to a found three games of the uh, regular season with Toronto playing the three games at Fenway Park. Uh, Baltimore will be at Yankee Stadium. I don't think the Yankees have enough. I don't think they make it. Uh, I think KC is out. Houston, I think, has a chance. I think it comes down to between the Tigers and Baltimore for that final wild card spot. Yeah, and the Tigers are another team that have sort of played their way back into the mix here. And now, you know, not even that far away from the Indians. I, I mentioned earlier that it looks like the Indians will take that division, but uh, only four and a half. The Tigers are only four and a half games back, so it's hard, it's hardly insurmountable. You know, as we speak in in early September, with basically a full month worth of play left, that the Tigers could get back in there. And and I think what's uh, intriguing about the Tigers is you know that offense, sort of the star power. They've got a, a lot of postseason experience, and Justin Verlander, a guy who you know looked you know left for dead just a couple of seasons ago, now kind of pitching like an ace again, really complimenting Michael Fulmer atop that rotation. Yeah, it's amazing how many people, uh, you know, wrote off Verlander thinking he's done. I mean, he's as good as ever right now. I mean, right during the Cy Young picture. Uh, Justin Upton, you know, the uh, Brad Osmussen manager, shut him down for three days about three weeks ago, saying, let's give him a mental rest. Since that time, you know, he's carried that ball club. Eight home runs and, and 21 ribbies the last 15 games in about 347. So everything's starting to come together for the Tigers. Yeah, and, and that's a, it's an aside, but I wanted to talk about that, or, or it's an interesting thing to talk about. You mentioned the opt-in break, and we saw similar things with Andrew McCutcheon and with Bryce Harper, and in all three cases, it seems like they've paid off. Now, is that, to you, I mean, I guess there's a couple ways you could look at it, right? Is that a case for the 154-game schedule going back to that, which is something that's been discussed, you know, given the grind that players face, in, of course, across you know, 162 games in 187 days or whatever it is, cross-country travel, you know, unprecedented amount of, of media availability and, you know, various, uh, you know, events that they need to do. You know, is there, is that a, something that I think the players could point to and say, 
okay, well, here's a good example of how much better we'll be if we have a little more time off. Or, uh, alternately, is that a strategy you think we might see you know, more teams start employing with struggling guys? And and Because and, to me, it's one that makes sense, right? This guy's having a rough go of it. He's tired. He's been playing the whole season. Give him a week off. Get your body fresh. Come back. You know, and come back fresh against a bunch of other guys who haven't had the advantage of that break, and and maybe you see a surge. Yeah, I think a, uh, you know, it used to be just to give a guy a, a one day off and a break. Now we're seeing you know uh, expanded to two days, three days. Uh, you know, uh, they said, hey, we're giving the same type of break by the uh, by the Cubs recently, even though they're in Colorado, the great hitter hitting paradise. They gave him a three day off, and uh, and he's been much better ever since. So yeah, I think it's just. I just think it's such a mental game. These guys need some time off. I'm not sure, you know, it'll make a difference with 154 or 162. But but I do think it's so tough now for guys to play 162 or even uh, high 150s without getting some needed breaks. It's not so much physically, it's the mental part. I want to get back to the AL wild card race, which we we had just started to touch on, but it was, that was too interesting a point to get away from. But, uh... So you, you said you like the the Tigers and Orioles competing for that second spot with the with the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. One one of them taking the division, one of them taking that first wild card spot. Uh, any chance the Astros play their way back in that, into this? Because that's a team that has been real real hot since the end of May. I think if you if you started then and look at their records, they're they're easily in a, a postseason position. Do they have enough time to sort of climb back into you know the one of those wild card spots? You know, they do, uh, but they, every time they look like they have a lot of momentum going, they kind of falter. Uh, you know, with, with Keuchel now taking two day, two uh, starts off uh, for, for the uh, shoulder problem he has, you know, that's a concern as well. So I just don't think they have enough pitching to sustain it. Uh, I think they'll be around. I just think they missed out. I just think too many little things are, are going wrong for them in the, uh, you know, the rotation. They've had guys in up. In on the DL, you know, so often this summer, where it's tough for them to sustain any uh, success. You mentioned the Yankees, and I'm with you on that one. I don't think they have the horses, especially in the pitching staff, to hold up. It's it's a great story. It's nice that all these young guys are playing well, but I don't think that's a, a club built to succeed this season. It's, it's uh, pretty explicitly not that. You know, they traded Beltran, and they traded Miller, and they traded Chapman. It's uh, a rebuilding team that just happens to be playing above its head. Uh, why are you down on the Royals? Why do you think the Royals are out of it? You know, they lost so many heartbreaking uh, games last week, Ted. It, to me, they remind me of an NBA team. We see these NBA games are down by 25 points. Fourth quarter, they catch up when, you know, they're within two or three points. But then they use so much energy, they run out of gas. And I think it's the same with the Royals. They're just going to run out of gas. It's just too much to overcome. And, uh... Uh, you know, they, they can't afford bad stretches like they had last week, you know, losing those close win-run games, extra inning games to the Yankees. So I just think they fall short. Another team that was really right in the mix as recently as just a couple of weeks ago but has played some miserable baseball lately, getting beaten up left and right, are the Seattle Mariners. Uh, any chance for that team to get back into it? I don't see it. They just stay, uh, you know, kind of hit a wall a little bit like the like the um, Miami Marlins have in the National League. So, yeah, a nice season for them. Uh, you know, it's fun that they've hung around this long. I just don't think they have enough to put them over the top. But I tell you what, this team's going to be scary uh, a year from now. I think they'll be right in the middle of, that, of the playoff race and, uh, and grabbing, one of these wild, grabbing the wild card spot or a division spot. 
Well, you talked about the Marlins, uh, another team that, that sort of hit a wall. Now the Marlins have fallen back to two games to be below 500. They don't really seem like a factor in the wild card race anymore. Same thing goes for the Pirates, who were, were hanging around there for a while. They're a game under 500 now. So it leaves an NL wild card race that's, that's basically uh, three teams in the mix, or four if you include, you know, saying that the Dodgers might not win in the West and the Giants could get back there. But it's it's going to be between, you know, the Giants or the Dodgers, whichever team doesn't win the West, the Cardinals and the Mets. Which two clubs get there? Well, I think, yeah, the Giants and Dodgers to get one spot for sure. I, I can't see the Giants, you know, keep faltering down the stretch, not to at least get a, a wild card spot. And then I want to say it's a, a coin flip between the Cardinals and the Mets. you got to love the Mets' schedule. I mean, all those games against the Braves and the Twins and the Phillies, uh, you know, except for three-game series against the Nationals, that's the only team they have left with a winning record. That's just uh, three games. Uh, you know, marvelous job by Terry Collins keeping that team together with all the pitching injuries. St. Louis has been, uh, they're kind of like the X factor of the uh, of September in the playoffs. You know, they haven't had that guy step up to be the ace. Uh, you know, no one's having an MVP-type season. These find ways to win. It's just a, it's been a very strange season for them having the, Third worst record uh, at home and the best record by far on the road. So you're not sure what to expect from the Cardinals. To me, it just feels like the Cardinals are are a deeper team at this point, especially offensively. You know, it's a it's a team that has a lot of options. You know, they've they've lost some guys and been able to replace them. They they lost Aled Mestias. They've gotten uh, astonishing production from Jed Jerko, who seems to hit a home run every day. Uh, Randall Gritchick, who had an awful start to the season, is now back and basically hitting a home run every single day. Piscotty's been pretty good. Uh, Matt Adams is back. He's been okay, you know, not hitting a, a ton, but not bad. Matt Carpenter has been typically excellent. excellent. Yadi Molina's been a lot hotter lately. It's weird. It's it's not what we usually say about the Cardinals, but it seems like the the starting pitching is kind of the issue there. Do you think these guys, the Luke Weavers, the Alex Reyes's of the world, are enough for that team, you know, just to pitch well enough to to keep that offense going? I think they have enough to get in. Uh, I just don't know how long they can sustain it. And uh, but yeah, they're a funny team. I mean, you can see them getting knocked out after one game in the in the wild card. Uh, uh, wild card game or, or playing into uh, November. I mean, just a uh, a strange, funny team, the way things are going. So uh, it's going to be very, very uh, interesting. You know, I, I like the Cardinals overall as a team over the Mets. That being said, I love the Mets schedule. Cardinals do have a tough schedule. They do have two series left against the Cubs. Nobody wants to play the Cubs, even if the Cubs, uh, you know, they get this thing clinched by a week from now. You still don't want to play them. And they still have a, uh, a three-game series at Coors Field where everybody hates playing. Yeah, and the Mets, like you said, easiest schedule of, of any of the contending teams the rest of the way. And that seems to favor them. What doesn't favor them is that basically everyone is hurt. Uh, they've lost... Uh, Stephen Matz, maybe for the season, you know, they keep saying they'll bring him back. They Now he's got a shoulder impingement. He's had a couple of setbacks. Unclear what the timetable is for him. Matt Harvey's done for the season. Zach Wheeler, a guy they were hoping to get back, is done for the season. Jacob deGrom now, you know, shut down temporarily, going to miss one or two starts with a an ominous seeming, but they say no structural damage, elbow issue. Uh, Noah Syndergaard has been great, but uh, hasn't been pitching terribly deep into games because he's battling a, a bone spur. Uh, Bartolo Colon has been really their only healthy starter. Can the Mets get to Can the Mets get to the playoffs? The 2016 Mets, the club that was 
supposed to be built on this young starting pitching. Uh, can they really, and, and a team, I should say, which has had uh, stretches in which the offense looked just absolutely horrible, you know, couldn't score a run to, to save themselves. Uh, are they good enough to get there with, with Cologne and, and Seth Lugo and, and Robert Gesellman in the rotation? Is that, because to me, it just, it just doesn't really look like a postseason team. No, they need Syndergaard at least, you know, to go with Cologne and the, and the young kids to have a chance, uh, and the offense, of course, to step up. Uh, need Cespedes to be the Cespedes of a year ago, last August. Uh, otherwise, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, if not for the schedule being so weak, you think this team has no chance. Uh, but, yeah, a, a, a scary team. And also a team that just persevered everything. You know, with what they've gone through and having healthy guys back next year, uh, I mean, the Mets could be just a huge, huge force here in 2017. Yeah, I think you're right about that because I think, you know, if you can get all those pitchers straight and, you know, I think with, with both Syndergaard and Mats, it seems like the issues are bone spurs, which we know can be a, a fairly simple, straightforward procedure to get rid of those. Uh, if you can get those guys back, you know, it doesn't seem like DeGrom's got anything that's going to linger. You have all them back. You, Harvey's kind of a question mark at this point. Wheeler's probably a question mark at this point, but I think, you know, probably more likely to be back there at the start of next season. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's that same thing where the, you know, the rotation looks just so strong and, and so good. And, you know, maybe they'll have a little bit more around them offensively to, to make that team good. But uh, in the interim, you know, it's outside of the schedule. Uh, and the schedule, like you said, it's a huge factor here. But it's hard for me to see that team keeping up with the Cardinals. I just think the Cardinals are, are better, you know, schedule or not. I think the Cardinals have a better team. Yeah. Uh, I, I do believe they have a better team, but just a, uh, just this, the schedule is just so much tougher than the Mets. You know, and they have a, uh, a four game series also in, in San Francisco before it's all said and done. So it's just a, uh, you know, uh, a, a rougher time. Uh, but you know, September schedules are funny because it's the call-ups, you see a lot of kids you don't have scan reports on and everything else. So sometimes the strength of the schedule is whitewashed a little bit by not knowing uh, everybody on it. You don't know what kind of energy uh, some of these kids bring. So you see teams playing better than ever. I mean, the Rockies are a dangerous team. Even you know, even the Phillies and Brewers now, you're seeing them playing better. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, we talk about the Braves as the easy part of the Mets schedule, and that's probably still true, but the the Braves have, have won six out of their last seven here and, and playing better. And, it's you know, it's a, at this point, it's a bunch of, or, or at least largely a, a lot of young guys who or, or fringe guys playing for really, you know, future major league consideration. And that's a, you know, I, I don't think it's something you can necessarily gloss over, right? There's a, there's guys with a lot of stock in, in how they fare from here to the end. And and so, you know, maybe they are guys who will relish that that spoiler role against teams like the Mets and, and, uh, and anyone else they play. So, uh, obviously, uh, you know, a lot to watch uh, in both leagues, really, mostly centered around those wild card races, uh, and with the the exception of the AL East, which is which is top, really tight, really one through four, especially one through three. Uh, one last thing, and before we go, and it's it's something that's a, a little bit aside from this, and we're gonna have tons of time to talk postseason awards type stuff be, between now and and when they're announced. But it seems like you know the the big debate, or at least one of the big debates about postseason awards this year. Uh, comes in the AL Cy Young Award race, and and it's it's sort of a philosophical thing, and and that's why I'm I'm interested in hearing your take on it. Uh, there have been a number of very good starting pitchers in the American League, but none who have been 
exceptionally good. You know, uh, Corey Kluber's been good again. Chris Sale's been great. Cole Hamels has been great. Justin Verlander, like we said, has been real good. Uh, but Zach Britton, who's been the Orioles' closer, has been otherworldly, right? And he off the charts good. And, and so I wonder, do you think that Britton, you know, throwing 55 innings is enough to to get him that Cy Young award over a starting pitcher going more regularly? You know, I really don't, Ted. I mean, for uh, for a closer like that, any reliever, you have to be virtually perfect, and he hasn't been. I mean, he has a couple of blemishes. Not that you know, that should a uh, uh, affect that much, but it, but it does. It's almost because all the starters are pitching four times more than you are. Uh, you know, closing. Some people think it's. I don't think it's overrated, but a lot of people do. Uh, there's too many things going against them. So I think it goes to a starter, and I think that thing is wide, wide open. I would have said Cole Hamels is a leader just a, uh, a day ago before he got roughed up by the Mariners. I think Verlander's right in that picture. Uh, it should be a, a great race. And I, I think of all the uh, awards uh, at the end of the season here, I think that one might be the most wide open. Yeah, and I'm with you. And, and I guess what I kind of worry about there is that you know, those those starters will split the votes among the people who want to vote for a starter. Uh, and if I had a vote, I would certainly be with you there because I think uh, more than anything, it's that every time we see a starter move into the bullpen, he gets significantly better. And, you know, for as good as Britain's been over his 55 or 60 innings or whatever, I, I have to imagine if you were limiting Chris Sale to, to 60 innings at this point in, the, in his career, he would be off the charts good, right? And, and so... So that's kind of my thinking on that one, but I, I would almost wonder if, you know, the people who say, okay, well, it needs to be a starter will split it between your, your Hamels and your Verlander and, and your Sales, and then, you know, there are enough people who say, well, it's Britain, that Britain winds up getting that award. Yeah, I, I can't see him winning. I really can't. Uh, you know, it would be one thing if he was like 60 for 60 and save opportunities or something crazy. I mean, it certainly does help that they're in the race and help them a lot more if the Orioles made the playoffs or won the division, you know, uh, being that kind of reliever for a, uh, a late inning club. But, you know, there's just, you know, so many, so many things. I mean, Shelby Miller, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew Miller is having a phenomenal year, too. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's having a Zach Britton year, but we don't even consider him a Cy Young race. So I, I think it's just way too hard for a reliever to get one of these things, particularly with a, uh, a number of guys pitching so well in, in the starting rotation. And just, you know, 200 innings, or at least close to it, just means so much to a pitching staff. You really save on a pitching staff where I think it's tough for a closer to say, okay, I did anything to, uh, I did something to alleviate innings of one of my fellow relievers or something like that. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, well, it's a series of great points, Bob. Uh, what's coming up after the Giants? Yeah, then kind of a wide open, kind of wait and see here. Maybe a uh, postseason rewards or, or take a look more at the uh, playoff races, what's going on. And then, of course, the uh, Tigers and Orioles play this weekend. So coming up with stuff from there. We will look out for that, Bob. As always, thanks for joining the show. This You can check out The Walk-Off on iTunes. You can rate us, review us, subscribe on, on SoundCloud. Uh, Bob and I both on the Internet all over the place at usadelay.com. Uh, Bob, once again, thanks so much for joining. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you, Ted.